the other thing that I'd say is that I go like while you're going kind of forward with your stuff, I'm like I I find recently that I'm going backwards. What does that mean? Um, I'm I'm delving further into the past when finding things that I like with like older bands that I didn't listen to as much that maybe my friends did growing up. Oh, I still do plenty of that. Yeah, but like it's it's bleeding into my work too. In the last three years, I'd say you're gonna be like, what you know. Um, Dude, I've always thought, even before I, I feel like I have somewhat of an idea of what I'm talking about at this point, as long as I've been doing this. But even back in the day, I've always felt like the more things, the more kinds of styles of things that you put into your brain, the more possibility you yeah, have it's just a big creatively. Filter. Yeah. yeah it, it's just like, you know, getting that other plug-in, getting that other VST. You're giving yourself more options. No, Totally. Total, Absolutely. Different colors to paint with. I just watched the Bob Ross documentary last night. <laughs> the one recently I've been kind Death of... to the Kowalski's. Well, like in the last couple of years that I was kind of hung up on is, uh, thanks to Ryan Regis, is is like old typo records. And Man, like, I, I hate the production on them, but it, like, they're t- I can appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's that part of Christian Woman that if you're not in a completely silent room, you can't even hear three minutes of the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first intro i'm like well hold on let me turn this up past the max well yeah. it's an eight minute song they do the, the 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 intro comes back as a bridge and it's just like <laughs> yeah. you just can't hear anything it's just it's like chain you know uh scary movie from the 50 uh monster dragging chain noises and reverb yeah <laughs> all that stuff put on there <laughs> monster tracking channels <laughs> i tried a uh I tried out on the fly edit restarting my camera while you were talking, so we'll see how that comes out. It's all good. I've got both of us. You're you're a little blurry, but I think it'll work as a side by side, anyways. Yeah, th- I'm probably blurry because the you're getting my laptop cam, which is just like totally oversaturated with light. Yeah, but I've got That's I've all got good. my. But yeah, like I don't know. It's much. I move back and forth, but I find myself going further backwards these days. In terms of finding inspiration, man, forward and backwards at all times is kind of kind of where I'm at. I have always been a fan of Steely Dan and Donald Fagan from a literally every standpoint of the that art sonically from an arrangement standpoint from a writing standpoint from an orchestration standpoint uh uh, individual musician execution everything about steely dan and donald fagan is like it's it's just for me that's that that's something that i'm very into and i've been listening that that's what i listen to for fun lately is like donald fagan solo records but i can't listen to the same thing over and over again for very long like i yeah. i i will bounce from donald fagan into car bomb and from <laughs> from car from car bomb into 60s george jones and from 60s george jones into stuntable pilots for the eight billionth time time i yeah. will i will just i will sometimes i will just go back to Soundgarden and stuntable pilots and nirvana and i will just listen to the whole catalog uh for a few weeks and just Same. be like yeah i was right about this back in the day and i'm even more certain about it 
today. I love this music. I, I Nirvana was the one that grew the most for me as I got older. Like I liked it when I was younger, but I was like, my parents were fairly limiting as to what I could listen to. Yeah. And so when things got too like expressive, uh, it would almost give me anxiety because I was afraid I was going to get in trouble by listening to it or something. I kind of had something similar going on. Yeah. And like, I understand what they're trying to do and it's fine. Um, yeah. but, uh, I think that's, I think that may have had something to do with it, but they, for the most part, were like cool with stone temple pilots and, uh, bands like that that did more singing and less thrashing less like in your face kind of yeah yeah yeah, less uh pop culture fame for drugs with the exception of scott wyland who yeah i was about to say scott wyland (laughs) well most of his drug fame came like as i was approaching adulthood it was like post 2000s it was around 2000 it was Mm -hmm. because they he went to rehab after purple and then they did uh tiny music songs from the vatican gift shop that third record with uh lady picture show and uh tripping on a hole in a paper heart and uh big bang baby you know what record i'm talking about yeah yeah and it wears voice his eyes can't see it like this like that yeah instead of that yeah. instead of that bigger like raspier like st- almost southern vibe that his voice had it was on, very very much so yeah on core and purple but that voice came back for the fourth and fifth records it was which is li- interesting it was a little bit of a blend of the two because they had some like they had some songs like uh hello it's late and uh 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 wonderful that were like super laid back like vibey acoustic songs he's singing really lightly and there's a bunch of really cool harmonies anybody that's never listened to the fourth and fifth record by stumble pilots uh they're called i believe they're simply called number four and shangri-la dida shangri-la dida which one's the one with the big star on it i believe that is shangri-la dida and that's the one that has no way out on it Oh no, that's uh I remember Michael showed me that one time and I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. No way out. Is that the I think that's the fourth record. I think so. Uh I'm looking. I'm getting on my phone. It's actually great timing. I'm gonna look this up and then we're gonna move to the segment that I Ooh. have planned. Ooh. Which is questions that are dumb and fun. Let's go. I have to take a shot beforehand. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, number four. It's a yeah. it's just a black and white, white star, black negative space. Man. Yeah, like whenever we were uh I will we tra- I will link that record in this uh podcast links as well. Whenever we would like um we'd go down to like South Texas to play a handful of gigs. This is like after uh the whole Bob studio and everything and like we were yeah. up in Plano. Um Anytime jam, we were all jam traveling station? together, what's up? Back when you guys were jam station, yeah, yeah. There the you computer go. <laughs> that that I that you built for, that I bought from you was your jam station, jam computer, station for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, we would always he would always request to put that record on sometime at like whenever we were coming home in the middle of the night, like this is Mikey? two o'clock. Yeah, 
It's a great it was, record. It, it was awesome. I love that record. That's where I like found that record. I was like, wow, this is actually really good. That uh, I'm about to look at it right now. Yeah, that's the one that had Sour Girl. That was a fairly that that was probably their biggest single after the third record and like even after the fifth record and the sixth record uh the sixth record the record that came out in 2010 is also fantastic there's a couple of songs where i'm like i'm not gonna listen to this but for the most part it's great there's a song called uh kiss on mars that is just a badass rock and roll song man it's just to go listen to that you should you totally should yeah um I got you is one of the softer songs on that black record. I got you. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's that black record. And Atlanta. The little bungalow in the sun. I think I've heard that as well. You definitely have. It's on that record. Yeah. Sour Girl and Church on Tuesday. Oh yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yes. Great. Yes. 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 It's a, yes. Great, it's a great record. Glide. Okay. I think Glide is probably Glide and Sour Girl and Church on Tuesdays are my uh, all my my favorite songs off that record. You said something about a shot. Let's do a shot and then let's take the questions segment and do it. Let's take it and do it. These are right. just dumb questions that I came up with sitting on my couch talking with my amazing girlfriend and texting with one of my neighbors and uh we decided to do it was aaron's idea and with the help of my neighbor they talked me into it and so now we're doing a question segment except i freaking forgot uh for my i had a redo podcast last week yeah the podcast that was supposed to be number uh well i don't know one of them that was supposed to come out uh, was going to be my buddy Carl, and somehow I lost all the video for it. Oh, that sucks. So last week we redid Carl's, and uh, we decided during that podcast that if 10 people share the one that we just redid, that the 25th episode was going to be the audio release only. And the, <laughs> and the I do have all the footage of the engineer who doesn't say a whole lot in the first one. I'm just going to have just the video of his face. Of, of and, his and, face while y'all talk. And him, and him texting and like hitting his vape pen or whatever. <laughs> but I forgot, to do, I forgot to redo that last week with Carl. So Here, cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you, man. I appreciate you doing this after oh, all. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. Okay, so a lot of these are either or questions. Okay, there's some like more involved answers towards the end. Okay, some of them are stupid. Some of them are like actual, like uh, poignant questions. The first question is, and I think I know the answer to this for you, but it's Metallica or Megadeth. That's difficult. I like them both. Um, I, and if by I, the way, if, I'm not. This is these are not tailored to you. I've I've asked these to everyone that I've asked. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm totally gonna have to go with Metallica though. It's, was, it's the James Hetfield right hand, dude. I don't know, like the down picking. I mean, I get it. It's yeah. It's all it's all very enjoyable. But I love the curveballs that 
Dave and the boys throw in all their stuff as well and how, how weird they can get, especially like on a record like Peace Sells. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I I especially like the System Has Failed, which is Vinnie Kovu. Yeah, that's a, that's an awesome record. And it that is. was like he was that was actually slated to be a solo album and at the last second he was like, Ah no, it's it's a Megadeth record. And like I'm so glad because it's it's a good addition. It is, and it, it's the arguably one of the greatest recorded drummers of all time in Vinnie Coluda playing on a Megadeth record. And Vinnie Coluda like is you know I would say largely uh, his some of his most famous drum tracks, like Sting stuff. Like he, it's him playing on Ten Summoners Tales, uh, Lose My Faith, and and yeah. th- and that that kind of stuff. Um, but he's also on a Megadeth record. <laughs> what's he, What's your stick out song from that album? From which one? Uh, the system has failed. Kick the chair. Yes, there's so much energy there, dude. It's, it's ridiculous. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool riff stuff, man. That's a it's, very cool. Yeah. Riff. Dave has always got really cool riffs, but uh, yeah. he somehow like you know so many bands coming up with riffs and metal is kind of like it's got fairly narrow parameters. Certain bands write themselves into tighter parameters than others. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but he manages to never run out of ideas somehow. Yeah, yeah. They always, and somehow they get, like, I don't want to say they get more abstract as time goes on, but there's always, like, one or two there that you're just like, where did that come from with, like, every record? In, you know, and his voice has changed a lot over the years, and it's always been very interesting and very original to him. I actually so, really like the older he gets, the more it sounds. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm like, I'm enjoying it as he gets older. I'm in, I'm titling this episode the older he gets the more it sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The older he gets the more it sounds. Okay, yeah. so my next question is about kings and I'm going to ask you to pick one king out of 3. Oh my gosh, I okay. <laughs> Albert, Freddy, or BB? Oh. The Three Kings of the Blues. Yeah. <sighs> I'm probably most versed with BB there. Like, I so a, I, that's kind of stock because, like, I, that's just who I'm most versed with. That's fine. I have a uh, rehearsed answer to that question. Oh, yeah? If in that position, I say Albert is the best guitar player bb is the best singer and freddie yeah. has the coolest songs yeah okay no because freddie freddie's songs yeah. were unique to freddie the other guys were like playing the straight up like nose to the grindstone like blues for that ass and <laughs> freddie freddie had like like going down for instance like compare going down to how blue can you get there's there's no comparison those are different genres of music damn near but like he's got that song you know what i'm talking about the the theme song for eastbound and down yeah 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 so he's got another song called uh palace of the king do you happen to know that song no 
You should listen to that. I'm going to put a link to that, too. Palace of the King. It's one of those old-ass blues songs where the drum groove is snare drum on quarter notes. I'll never get tired of that, by the way. I, I grew up with, with him doing that. <laughs> it's great. Um, and uh, so Freddie's got great. He's got great songs. So that's where I, that's what I do. Robert, explain um, your music. Well, hang on. <laughs> hang on yeah hang on can you hear me okay this is a a nerd question Perfect. solid or stranded core cables solid or what was the other one stranded oh core. stranded like braided yeah braided like I like agree. I, uh, solid i f- solid well, always breaks well it always like, breaks Okay, so so Megami's braided, correct? Uh, they have a couple of different ones, and I think Megami is a braided cable around a solid core. So yeah, yeah, which is yeah. what a lot of the higher end ones are. The, except there, for there's my answer. Well, well, but because because solid core is so brittle, sometimes yeah. people are lately. I think companies have moved away from the solid core and back to the stranded the cable maker that i use i use two different guys a guy from texas and a company called btpa from tinley park illinois which is right by chicago mm-hmm. um and i believe they're both at stranded cables now but they're the best cables that i've heard and you yeah like in man okay not to knock a company that starts with an m and might end with a stir yeah. Uh but I had so many of those growing up. Bang energy. <laughs> Bang energy cables. Uh I had so many of those growing up and like do you remember the advertisements for that stuff? No, but it was a that's why all, all it was. It was just, yeah, a, it was just it was a marketing campaign. Yeah, it's it was that's insane. Like you go it's back really and look not, at that. It's nothing else, man. The other than yeah. uh my guess is a and I don't know this, and I don't know anything about this company, and, you know, whatever. But those kinds of scenarios, to me, seem like business guys who are into guitar on the weekends and then came up with a good business idea. That's totally. That involved guitar. Like somebody had a ton of money that they wanted to invest and see if they could recoup on something. It, they happened to like guitar, and they wanted to they wanted to do something with it. I was about to say, it, it had... At the end of the day, it had nothing to do with bettering the the scenario, and it had everything. No, to do and with everything to do about dollars. let me let me shove it shove it in your face. Which Breaking I mean, like to be fair, checks. to be fair, I got through a ton of gigs with them. Like you know, hey, whatever. But like, I also like that's the cable I've swapped the most. Well, I was just gonna say, uh, you're yeah. getting you're getting Guitar Center entry level live wire cable for twice the price. Yeah, yeah, pretty much with. It, with uh plastic gold wrapped ends it's not even it's just this is the same composition cheap alloy yeah Quali- I, like i, I bought a parts. bunch i bought a ton of uh megami cables a long time ago and i've i've really liked them i haven't had a single issue with them yet but the, i mean like there's tons of companies that do it really well now megami used to have the best ends and now i think that a lot of people agree that uh 
at least as far as patch cable and pedal board mm-hmm. cables, those, you know, Switchcraft that's got those really, the square, really flat plugs. They're super Yeah, I've got hot. some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I've got, that, that Brad. My really buddy, convenient but, for boards. No, no doubt, man. I mean, yeah. it, it can honestly, putting all your cables on those connectors, you can, in a lot of cases, come up with another spa- enough space for another pedal. Well, not only that, but like I, it's been fine to record with too. That, that's I'm always paranoid about. That is like you're only as good as your weakest link. Totally. Man, I threw I threw so much stuff through uh, just like those cables where it's like just this little tiny flat thing. And I was looking at it as like the sales guy's like, "Yeah, it's fine. You won't notice a difference." And I'm like, "I might see you back in ten minutes," you know. <laughs> and uh, I I used them, and I was like, "Man, this, I, I really can't. This is kind of amazing." Well, and the whole thing with that is you're right about it being your weakest link, but even your weakest your your weakest link even if it's from a structural standpoint uh, a strong connection if Let me save that. Let me let me ask you this next question and then I'll talk more about that. <laughs> okay. Buffered or true bypass? Depends on how many things are in your chain, but for the most part, uh, I'd probably go true bypass for the most part. Um, buffered if I'm if I'm throwing if there's like if like all these are together, yeah, yeah, something buffered. There yeah, I would, think would I help. think it comes down to how what you're doing. Yeah, if, what you're doing you're and running, how, with your application. If you're running ten pedals, yeah, thirty five feet to an amp on stage in an arena. You better have some buffers at the beginning. Yeah, or even like you can probably swap oh, out some or, of them with with fets, you know. At least at the at least a buffer at the end for that yeah. long cable run, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for the most part like I mean that's I'm probably running four pedals at a time. There was one point where it was like 12 when I was doing this insane project, but uh like yeah, it's I can just get a little away with true bypass on that. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh what what I was going to say also was like different different buff different buffers have different colors and different sounds that they that they lend to the signal as well. Just, just like different cables sound different, and it really just comes down to I think what you are looking for in a sound, but that that's only convenient in a recording scenario where you can say i am going to right now assemble these components to achieve this sound and then after that i'm going to reassemble and i'm going to achieve this other sound yeah whereas yeah. in a live scenario you need to be able to do all of those things and be all flexible very, all all very quickly and uh and and accurate you know so yeah it's it just it just comes down to the scenario, I think. So it's you know these are kind of like trick questions or well, well also also I would imagine rhetorical. that like like most of the guests that you have on here are like big you know like they all have their own like their big tube amps and everything like they're big uh, gear gearheads basically like like you know mattress, I've had everything uh, in between yeah, yeah. and like for Drummers. me what I'm doing. <laughs> For me, what I'm doing though, for the for the most part though, is like, man, it's like it sounds like sacrilegious if I were to go back ten years to myself and tell me this. But a lot of it's direct in. I'll record an amp every now and then, but I need the I need the pedals more for the color than anything else, and that's why like 
I'm kind of like. Hey, do you have bypass. a bunch of tube amps that you love still? Uh, no, I don't. Oh man, that sounds bad to say. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it, it, it's I want lot. an angle fireball. I would really like to have an angle. It. It's a lot different these days tracking because of yeah. the sounds that you can achieve. Now, for me, and I'm definitely a broken record on this podcast saying this, but it never feels quite right, and it makes it a little harder for me to play, but it does sound very good. It does yeah, sound it's very, like it can the- if you use the right, you know, put the right patches and hardware together. Well, not only that, but you're still, Digital. even to this day, like unless you've got something really top end, you're still dealing with latency, which any guitar player is going to hate, you know? Like even I, if it's 10 milliseconds. I don't, seconds, have, a very, I don't have a top end uh, interface. I've got a, uh, a Focusrite Focus right, Focus Claret X, uh, Apri X. Yes. And you do fine I, on it? I have zero latency. Perfect. I didn't well, know they'd gotten that good. <laughs> well, a lot of that has to do with logic, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Because it has a low latency mode, and there is no, to me, there is no discernible delay. Probably pulls you down to like something like like 256 or 128 samples so they can render it properly I'll, for you. Also, there's a Focusrite control program that's uh-huh. live monitoring. Oh, so, so you can monitor the analog input as well. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It seems to all be tied to the to the DAW, but it's. I, I don't have. I don't have any. I, I would not be able to play with any latency, and I have no discernible latency. And I've got a 2014 MacBook and a interface that is out of production. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it gotten that good. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's honestly, it sounds great to me, especially for most guitar tracks that I do here is through the aux. So I've got emulated cabinets and mics, and I've got built into that as you got four UA plug like limited parameter plugins, a, a reverb, eleven seventy six EQ and delay. They throw an eleven seventy six in that thing. That's cool. It's it's. Not the 1176 plug-in that... Of that I know regu- and love. No, no, no. <laughs> it is a significantly limited parameter version. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Even based on that price tag. Um, so this is a non-music question, but ties right into the sponsor of this podcast, Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Cook your food and eat it. The question Delicious. for you, Andrew, is... Tacos or pizza? Tacos. That's a pretty easy answer for me, too. Yeah, like, I like pizza, but I don't want to feel like I ate an entire, I don't know, loaf of bread by the time I'm done eating one.
I found that that pizza sluggishness, when you eat better pizza, it doesn't feel that way. The, uh, uh, okay, so this is going to sound, maybe we're talking about the same thing. Um, if somebody delivers it to your doorstep, you're going to feel bad. Yeah, it'll be terrible. Uh, if you make it yourself with, or if you find the right places that make it, like with like, I found that broccoli, broccoli crust is awesome. I don't know if you've I've ever tried it. I don't, no, I don't I've feel had that. Cauliflower, but broccoli sounds Cauliflower, too. Broccoli and cauliflower crusts are amazing. That sounds great. Uh, but I just, so like, I'm uh, very much a foodie and a cook, and I cook almost every meal we eat when we're in town. Nice. And I and I keep a sourdough culture, and when, so when I make pizza, I make sourdough crust, and I ferment it overnight, and wow. I, I make them in a cast iron pan that's on a burner on the stove i put the the crust in and then i top it with whatever and then i put it under the broiler so it's cooking the bottom while i'm dressing the pizza and then that pan retains that heat and even as it goes under the broiler it takes that heat and disperses it evenly so it's constantly cooking on the bottom yeah so i get like an incredible approximation of like wood fire pizza out of this cast iron pan and that's awesome and i'm telling you you don't feel anything like eating you could eat three of my pizzas and feel better than eating three slices of papa john yeah no totally absolutely okay i believe so you have to cook me some next time i see you well i would love to man you need to come to the house bring the old lady and uh stay a couple days in the in the mccarty massey suite that we have here upstairs which is a guest bed and bath and breakfast i'm down um uh so my next question for you i think i know the answer to in your instance but uh that's live or session live really i like session uh don't get me wrong i love putting together records but there is something especially in the last like four years that's like i i needed another human out there to interact with i mean like you remember how how, huh have you been playing out not at all well why not uh just uh, everybody everybody became adults like whenever we were were in the band like everybody became adults at the same time you know what i mean and like nobody has time for the stuff and i think even towards the end i was like covering a handful of people's rent for the stuff and i was like hmm so getting people in the same room at the same time is like a struggle these days for oh, I understand. effectively what would be like if I was to go, hey, do you want to be in a band? I have these ideas because I have these ideas. I still feel like, you know, you're just coming here with my ideas and you you feel like you're not going to have as much input. So like it's harder to get people in the same room together. Like I have a record I want to put together and I do want to play it live. I'd love to. But getting the right people involved is is difficult. That's why. Well, here's the way I think you have to look at that. Mm-hmm. You have to look at it as this is your music. So you, if 
putting it together, recording it, and promoting it is something that you're interested in. You have to invest in that, yeah. and you have to say, I'm going to pay you, and you're going to show up, and you're going to know this shit, and yeah. we're going to do it like I'm sending it to you, or you're going to take the input that I'm giving to you, respectfully, of yeah. course. Uh, obviously, going to being a, if you're going to be a dick, that's one thing, but yeah. Yeah. You, you, you find the guys that can do the thing, and you schedule the shows and if they can do it you do it and if you can't you can't and you know what that that's the way i look at that from my perspective like obviously i'm a professional sideman and session musician so i'm most of the time helping other people achieve their vision either from a uh on on a stage or in a studio yeah but when it's my thing and my what i you know whether it's songwritery or jazz or fusion or whatever it's my art music and i want who i want to help me express this vision and to me if i'm going to do that it's worth it to me to find those players and then make individual arrangements with each person it's almost always a friend who I can do a favor for it at a later point or whatever, or I can, you know, pay them infinitely less than what they're worth. Or in instances of recording, I've got several friends that I can be like, Hey, I got this tune. Can I fly you this? And you lay something down and be like, sure. And a week or two later, they'll send me their track back and it'll be amazing. And I don't have to pay them anything. And now I've just got this dope ass track. And I, I, I have a bunch of tracks that I've, that are, I'm, mostly finished that i'm about to hopefully mix and master with the help of a friend of an engineer that is an engineer and release i i, I don't think it'll there's a chance it could be released by the time i release this podcast but okay okay so maybe there's and that's that's all good info by the way like i really i really appreciate the insight on that um because that's definitely a, a territory that i'll be kind of delving into it it's worth it because you can execute your vision and you can demand things of these people because you've reached an agreement at a financial standpoint or a professional standpoint and what whether that scratch my back scratch you your i'll scratch yours professionally i don't you know you do something for me and i'll do something for you yeah yeah or 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 it's like uh i'm paying you 50 dollars for this rehearsal and 150 dollars for this show you know you're, it's in town you don't have to go anywhere whatever it's worth it to me anyway go ahead i'm sorry i i think i like it's like the more i think about that question the more it's like 50 50 i really miss the live set <laughs> like I, I really miss the energy i i loved doing that when i did it because i it was it was just all heart behind it um and the older i got the more it became heart plus technique rather than just art uh but the just doing it here side of it is amazing too because releasing something to um literally millions of people and seeing the comments in real time with it on it is a head trip that i didn't know was as incredible as it is and then going to these events like uh QuakeCon and stuff like that and shaking people's hands is amazing i've made so many friends for life at those places and like that to me is like QuakeCon's kind of home base every year if i want to know how i'm doing like in terms of like hey is is everybody still enjoying my art kind of stuff i'll just go to QuakeCon and hang out for a few days and shake some hands with people and if everybody still is like hey you know like in you know just kind of we're all hanging out i'm like cool i guess i'm i guess i'm still relevant (laughs) 
that's really interesting man uh yeah. you know i i just i know so little about that world you should come with so- me whenever they do it in public again you'll have a blast i promise you I, i'm down to do anything man um anything I, I, it's just <clears throat> anything bro i i just you know i i know quite a bit about the the working typical what i would call typical working musician vocation yeah you have carved out a cool niche for yourself and i think i, I think that's really dope i you know uh, i'm 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 proud of you and i'm envious oh, uh, to thank a you extent. so uh my next cool let's move on to another question i've kept you for long enough let's get through these i'll let you get out of here <laughs> okay um Single? I can hang out with you for hours, man. What are you the talking way, about? Yeah, well, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> the way this... I'm going to read this question as typed okay. out. Single, okay. cool, or humbucker? Humbucker. Interesting choice. Do but you, single, any, single, <laughs> single, cool. <laughs> that's what but I typed. Humbucker <laughs> layered with single coil. I find it hard to choose one or the other because it really just depends on what it is I'm doing. I mean, like for the most of the metal stuff, believe it or not, it's it's a quad track. What's up? I was gonna say a blend. Yeah, it's quad tracked with uh, humbuckers, and then I'll I'll hex track. Like I'll do two more with uh, single coils on left and right, and possibly even one more in the middle, just to give it a little bit more clarity and bite on like the percussive like down picking stuff. Okay, so what? So when you're hex tracking, uh, <laughs> are you? How are? How are you panning that in the visual and or in the the aural image? Hundred percent, hundred percent, eighty percent, eighty percent. One in the middle, and then I'll take two others, and I will do something where I um actually mess with the stereo image on them where i'll push it like 200 percent quote left and right and i'll put those just lightly up there to where it sounds like it just sounds like is it like out of like an out of phase sound at two or like i don't know it doesn't it doesn't sound out of phase at all it sounds like um you remember like that stupid srs wow effect on windows media player no it would say it would it would do this thing where it sounded it made the music sound like it was actually panning outside the headphones like even wider it, yeah it's 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 an like interesting faux surround yeah it's it's like a fake surround correct okay. and i'll take i'll take two tracks and do that with them sometimes not all the time um if i want to keep the music really tight like if it's something that's fast and needs to be really tight are they all be, the same part that you're doing this with or are they different parts different parts like if there's big chords okay. that that but if it's percussive stuff i'll i'll leave it i'll leave it uh just like quad track i i just you know in the in the stereo image for me and the the things that i've been doing mm. it seems it seems like you would panning it like that you would have if it's all the same thing mm-hmm. wouldn't you run into like a more narrow image you would think so there are there are different types of plugins a lot well not really because like 
first off, you're performing the same thing four times. And if it's the same person performing that four times, obviously you're not going to, you're not Freddie Mercury. You're not going to throw your voice at a phase. Nobody's perfect. Um, but you can get it close enough to where it, it sounds like one, like just two big guitars, right? Like on left and right. And if you've got it pan that way, you can hear something big left, something big, right. And then when you start introducing something that sounds like it's even wider outside of it, but you just lightly blend it in, it gives a perception that the guitars are bigger than they are. It's really interesting. I'll, I'll have to show it to you sometime. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to examine that. My and speaking of big guitars, I actually meant to bring this up earlier and uh, more often in general. But uh, did you ever like get into the "Break the Cycle" stained record? Break the cycle. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I mean, that, that was had, the, that was the the one that broke them. Yeah, that was the that was the big breakthrough record in like ninety nine, two thousand, something like that. Yeah, I don't know when it came out, but it was the one that had. There was a ton of there was like there was like three or four singles on that record. Yeah, there was. Yeah, but that record has the biggest guitar sounds of that era, and it's like they're out of place big like yeah they dwarf everything yeah they're it, huge on that record it it's like works. oh you want kick drum uh not so much it's gonna fight with the guitar a little bit <laughs> it's it's not gonna fight with it you're it's not it's not gonna it's gonna lose that fight the fight is over and the guitar is won <laughs> yeah but they're they're huge guitar sounds uh i've always thought that that was just a huge guitar sound record um so uh i guess i need to ask a pre-question to this question do you use a volume pedal a volume pedal yeah yeah sometimes uh if it if it i use use a volume pedal for like swell stuff on like ambient things do you use it before or after the gain stage after really okay people are very uh polarized about that well it just depends on the type of music like I mean, like when you're talking about like heavy stuff, like metal, you don't want to, you don't want to compromise any of the like the the oversaturated sound that you have that's going into those effects. You just sure. want to control the volume of it that's hitting the effect and then rolling back off of it, which is how you get like those those like you know like electric violin is what I call them kind of sounds with it. Sure, and I, and there's a lot of dudes in the country and the pop uh, realm where I live a lot of the time mm-hmm. that are very adamant about running their volume pedal after the game section never yeah. worked for me <coughs> really uh-uh hmm. I, would, I, like, I would imagine that you'd be, that would be a natural for you since you're like you're like kind of a natural lead player well i i use my volume knob on my guitar and my volume pedal before gain and then okay. I, I stack pedals to yeah. get where i need to get and i have on my board right now, I've only got I've only got three different drive pedals. Ideally, I think I'd have more than that if if I had to, and a catch-all board. But I, the yeah. reality is, I have a couple boards, and so anyway, I I have a light, a medium light, and a medium, and I stack all those in various ways to get different colors and, and textures le- with and, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like yeah. levels of saturation mm-hmm. and now, maybe even volume yeah yeah totally totally yeah. well I, again I, I all of my guitars with the exception of my dad's 63 strat that i i do play a lot uh 
Something weird just happened in my eyelash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, every other guitar I have has a treble bleed, so I don't lo- I don't lose any of the clarity as I roll the volume back. It works like a- an active volume pedal. So, again, I'm just I'm just almost controlling the gain. Yeah. There are there are a couple pedals that react a little differently to That's that. That's pretty they, much what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but like like for what you do for the most part that works because it's it like gain is looked at as more of a texture rather than a staple that is there in the music. You know what I mean? Totally. Like it, yeah, like it, it needs to be consistent for like a super heavy style of music you need to consistently have like that sound there but for something that's like uh i don't know um blues jazz uh country anything like that it needs to be a little bit more dynamic so it makes more sense now you're right about that yeah um Uh, oh one quick thing one quick thing yeah no please no please (laughs) this thing the bb preamp yeah so good for lower tune that's exotic right yeah yeah so awesome i fell in love with it because like the the treble the treble section on it is just it just brings something out on like sevens and eights where i'm like oh my gosh that's exactly what i'm looking for have you ever played a greer light speed i have do you have one of those i don't (laughs) i don't but those are awesome that's the that's the best open sounding light to medium overdrive pedal that's ever been created they're pretty pretty solid it's just it's it's not it wasn't one that i was like that struck me immediately you know what i mean for what no, i was you're, doing no you're wrong about that <laughs> okay um, uh, do you do you use compression often pre prior to tracking pre uh, pre-tracking yeah yeah sometimes like uh, on your board not all the time a lot of the times it's it's just straight ed. but if it's bass yeah Oh, so you do track with compression? You don't do it in post? I'll I'll do it both with bass. I'll just smash a bass most of the time. Sometimes I'll let it breathe, like in a track. But a lot of times I'm I'm I forget what that's that's called where you actually you band limit uh, bass guitars and distort certain frequencies. There's a there's a a they call it a certain thing on how you do it, but you like compress the low end a ton and then you let the, the top end breathe. It's like a multi-band compression. Yeah, it is. But there's like, it's actually like, there's a name for it. It's a system that somebody came up with and there's an actual name and they actually develop plugins for it now too. Okay. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a bass guitar question. Jazz or precision? Jazz. I love jazz basses. I love precision basses are cool. I like. I just. I don't know. Jazz basses have a little bit more clarity. I feel like they're definitely a more open sound. This is the the jazz the jazz bass has a a growlier top that sits in the mix really well. Yeah. Whereas the the P has got that punchy mid thing, and I've got the best of both because I have a five string jazz bass. Uh, so like I've got like a lot of clarity on my my lower fifth string and then i've got a a vintage p bass with steel like three-year-old steels on it and it's i mean it's gnarly man it can do anything i need a fretless i I would like a fretless i certainly don't need one um (laughs) what do you have a favorite uh pedal 
favorite pedal yeah uh yeah absolutely um it is this one it is a is that a mooger fugger it sure is it's the uh, mf 101 it's a low pass filter okay mf 101 yeah these things are awesome um specifically because you can put a uh external uh pedal into it and basically use it as a wah pedal if you really wanted to and get weird with it oh um but also the cutoff on it i use on a game called dusk for so much dude i ran synths through it i ran i i ran guitars that had already been processed back out through it i ran entire mixes through this thing like left side and then right side and mess with the filter and it's just like it's it's amazing that's pretty badass. Not only that, but like there's a drive circuit on it that if you hit it a certain way, it's disgusting, but like in just <laughs> a little bit, just a little tiny bit, and it's awesome. Just a depth thing in a blend. Yeah, and you can go between two pole two pole or four pole filter. So you can either get a really aggressive sweep or you can get like a really subtle sweep on your wall. That's that you're pretty looking badass. for. Yeah, these are awesome. They're out of production now, unfortunately. They stopped making them. You know, I, I've never been very good at amps or pedals that have too many options. Same. I, I like to have a collection of things that have pretty straightforward purposes. Same. So, like, I've never had a timeline, but I've had a capstan for ever. Yeah. And... I think that's my favorite pedal of all time is the Capstan. It's pretty good, man. They sound amazing. They, I mean, it just sounds about as close as you can sound in pedal form. Plus the, like the, the, the feedback thing when you hold down the tap, as well as the secondary functions, you can add spring verb to the feedback and like, just all those little touches can come in so handy to dial in like unique sounds in a recording situation, you know? Totally. Uh, for my next question, I would like to know, do you have a favorite venue for performing? I did. <laughs> it's gone now. <laughs> oh, that must be the curtain. <laughs> How'd you guess? <laughs> I, I loved the Curtain Club, and I also loved Club Clearview. Did you ever play at Club Clearview? Yeah, I played Clearview, I think, the one of the final months it was open. I think you guys played, and we played like a month or two before it closed. Right on. Yeah, or the, like the band that you were in at the time. Yeah, I loved, I loved that. I loved that place. Yeah, it was but cool. But also, I loved the Curtain Club the most. Curtain Club is the best sounding room down there. Did they ever reopen that? I think they reopened Blind Lemon, but I don't... Like, I know they had foundation issues. That was the big thing. No, I, I mean, it was reopened up until they sold the building and closed the 
business. Man, bummer. Yeah, that was a real estate developing scenario. Yet it still sits there untouched. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm like this might have been covid related. I don't who knows, but <laughs> um uh this is uh, a multi-answer question. Okay. And I would like to know, okay, if you had to pick 3 desert island records, what would those 3 records be? Man, this is going to sound generic. Uh, three. If you de- say the doors, I'm going to disqualify. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, we're all in the cosmic movie, Robert. That means once you die, you see your life flashing before your eyes infinitely. <laughs> drunk that Jim Val- Morrison. That's drunk Jim Val- Morrison on a live record. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, God. guy. <laughs> I kind of I agree. <laughs> um oh, his, man. his success rate would disagree with us both. Yeah, true that. Uh the he also, uh, he also died, so he can't <laughs> defend himself so <laughs> you, Jim Morrison. <laughs> Welcome back to Gear and Beer. <laughs> Three uh, Desert Island records. It's a tough question, man. I don't know. I think somebody asked it back to me, but I don't. I think that anytime someone asked me this question, I would give a different answer. Yeah, no, totally. You're absolutely right. Uh, I think right now. <sighs> Let me pull up my playlist. I can probably tell you faster that way. What are you listening to? Is it a cup band, some downtown bar with a na na na, the air guitars, or is it. <laughs> Something to get you through. <laughs> the sad song playing on a radio station. Tears still fall and hearts still break because you're hanging on. Or easy to love song about someone new. Andrew, what are you listening to? God, that's still so hard. Uh, okay, I'm I'm just going to pick, pick uh, Just get top of your head, man. Yeah. Three records that you love. Let's just change the question. Three records that you love. The first A Perfect Circle record I really, really, really can just go back to. Three Libras? No, what's it called? Merdenoms? Merdenoms, yeah. That's a, that's a great one. Um, that's a good record. Yeah, like, and like... like the, that like, one and 13th Steps. And like, it's different from like... Man... I, I'm, I don't want to offend anybody. It's different from Tool because I feel like they get to their apexes a little quicker and it's easier to digest. Like I, I would call it a, I would call it a a folkier Tool. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I really like as I've gotten older, I do really like the buildups in some of those Tool records. Do you know who played drums on that stuff? Who? That'd be Josh Freese. Do you know what Josh Freese is currently doing? What's he doing? Playing drums with Sting. Really. Yeah, and he has been for years. That's crazy. Yeah. That's also really cool. It is real cool. Yeah. I love that. That's like, that's, you know, uh, if I was better at this career, I would be doing that. I would be playing with the widest variety of acts, you know, as I can. That's what I love. I, I play guitar and bass at a black gospel church in town sometimes, or, you know, monthly, depending on 
covid precautions etc i play guitar and bass and party bands downtown i play guitar and bass and sometimes other stuff on the road with country artists i play jazz in town like traditional jazz i write what would have to probably be labeled like funk or fusion jazz music dude that's so dynamic that's awesome all of those things i've always told people that have asked me for career advice i think if i have to tell somebody one thing it's about about how i approach it it is whoever is on the other end of that phone calling me to come do a gig i want to be able to tell them yes whether it's pat Matheny looking for a bass player or if it's jonathan davis that needs a lead guitar player <laughs> or if it's uh if you know uh the oakridge boys need somebody to play acoustic guitar yeah or if the winans need a bass player or whatever you know like i I just i just want i love all of it i want to do it all i you know dream gigs for me would be anything from kenny loggins to shaka khan to jamiroquai to the winans to herbie hancock like i you know all all i I love it all i love it all okay I, i i think i've got the rest of the answer as you were going through all that as well do it which let which, me know holy cow on. that's like super diverse that's awesome i didn't know anything about that like with what you were doing that's awesome no, that's what I, that's why i'm into man um the other one would be i'm just trying to remember because we've had a handful of drinks here <laughs> speak for yourself bro uh the fragile you the fragile from nine inch nails that uh one. i'm not familiar with that that there's been a they've had a lot of releases and remix releases and stuff what when is that record from so that was like right around like i think 99 2000 that was right after uh uh the downward um, spiral that was the record after oh, it. So okay it's the one that uh had the single we're in this together i don't know if you remember that one that was pretty big i don't i don't remember it by title i'm sure i've heard it it's a double disc album that like <laughs> i'm a all i can think of is the hand that feeds no That's that was like the record that he did later. after he came out of rehab that i i like that one too it's really raw That's a great record yeah but like this one it, the production on it it's like it's the very infancy of pro tools and he actually had an entire pro tools system built into this house and learned how to code in it uh, speci- well, not code in it, but learn how to work into it with like a big doll workstation. It's like the very beginning of all this, right? Sure. And he also uh, was using something which would later become, as I understand it, I could be wrong. Uh, correct me in the comments if I am. Uh, Reactor by Native Instruments, which where you can design your oh. own synthesizers. He was actually using that for that and created a ton of textures with it and made a fucking double disc album doing all this and it's amazing like intro to i'll I'll put a link it's so good if you want to just sit down and put a record on that'll just take you a handful of places that's it like that record's great and the last one i'd have to say uh i'm gonna throw out a weird curveball um if you could can i put a hypothetical in here sure you can answer our question with a question (laughs) if you could mix the best parts of and not really even the hits but the load the ones from load and reload i would do that okay 
I'm with you. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> I, I like both of those records. I like the uh, longer songs on that, like Fixer and like uh, and Outlaw Torn and Bleeding Me and stuff like that. I like Outlaw Torn and Bleeding Me. Um, mm-hmm. I. It's been a minute since I've revisited uh, Reload. I lot. I thought Unforgiven Two, while contrived, was actually still pretty good. Yeah. Like and actually, if you go like if you can, man, that feels Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's a that's a cool one too. Like introducing a Telecaster. I always enjoyed that era of them because it was so people like didn't like it, but I was like, that's so against like what they've already established. They're trying new things. As an artist, I can totally respect that because the older I get, the more I want to. I don't want to do the stuff that I've already done. I want to try the other thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. Man, there's a... There's a record... Hang on, let me see if I can figure it out real quick. Um, Oh, crap. I have had far too much whiskey. (laughs) You probably haven't had enough. Yeah, Uh, that's right. So, are you familiar with Sonic Temple by The Cult? Yes and no. Um, That's the one with uh, uh, Firewoman on it? Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. The one that sounds like Danzig to me? (laughs) Yes. So I was talking to uh, earlier. I was told you I was talking to our my buddy Mark Letary about uh, Megadeth and Metallica, and uh, he was saying that the load reload stuff sounds like that Sonic Temple record by the Cult, and I was like, I don't know it, and he's like, listen to it, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, and yeah, okay, it sounds, yeah, a little it, bit, yeah, I, I it's, can, it's, I can. It, yeah. They're not like ripping anything, but no, like no, 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 no. influence for sure. Somebody yeah. was listening to that heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's maybe it's a complete accident. It's entirely possible that somebody by Oz, you know, one of them by osmosis took production in that way, or it was just uh, Lars listening to a record and he was like, "Man, I really like this." James, can we was, just do and this? Then I was like, and then I was like, Napster's the worst. So I, I, I thought the only thing. Why I did he turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because they're both fucking foreigners. <laughs> I love both of them. Yeah, they're they're great. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says about Lars, and I don't care if he actually played on those records or not, because some people stipulate that somebody came in after he was gone with the engineer and That's like, listen bullshit. to what, yeah, and no listen way. to what he played and retract it. And I don't know that I believe it either, yeah. but I also, he's, he's never shit the bed in a live performance that I've ever seen. So I, I'm inclined to not believe it. He has also, a couple I've seen, but it's only like super deep cuts. There's such incon consistencies in time as far as the way those things were laid down so for somebody to come in after the fact and fall in line with that seems almost ridiculous not especially only, the, considering the technology of there oh yeah and not only that like those guys are control freaks there's, there's no way uh-uh well t- no from what i understand it was like james Oh, From saying the, someone else goes, come in. Yeah. yeah, James, an engineer, and like Shannon Forrest or somebody. Dude, I'd, I'd put, I'd, 
I'd put my bank account on it. No way. I just can't imagine that. Yeah. Okay, so my final question for you. Okay. Oh, uh, hey, cheers and, before the final question. Well, and that doesn't mean we have to be done, but okay, it's just okay, my okay. final question. All right. Um, my final question is, what is the professional accomplishment of which you are most proud? Ooh. Uh, Talk <clears throat> yourself up. This is the part. Have you ever seen Hot Ones? Yeah. We're going to roll out the red carpet. Tell us what's going on in your life. What are you most proud of? <laughs> Uh, this camera and only this camera <laughs> i uh, most recently most recently it would be um doing the that's not the question i asked you what it, what <laughs> professional accomplishment are you most proud of probably being able to score for a uh a mainline doom game like an official doom game and that was that's that pretty, was last year and this year that's pretty freaking dope yeah like it's like the only it's one of the few titles like left in in games that has like a consistent track record of there hasn't been a bad one um especially doom one and doom two are the only ones that i've ever played do what doom one and doom two are the only i've ever played oh man there's 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 a handful of others that i think you'd have a blast with if you come over i'll show you but yeah, like like getting to do that and also working on Quake, like just id branded stuff, official id id games is like it's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm I'm doing this. It doesn't get any bigger than that. You that could argue you could argue that it does with like like intellectual property like Fortnite and Call of Duty, but to me personally, like as an artist standpoint, not really. It doesn't get, it doesn't, I mean, yeah, maybe from intellectual standpoint, but I think what I mean is, uh, with the exception of those two, which are the, you know, arguably the two most Mega notable monsters, games yeah. of all time, yeah. uh, it, you would call that the, uh, tier one A yeah. and you're on tier one B games, which is where pretty much all games live of a high caliber well every the, game that's like that's games ever, that have notoriety to guys like me who don't play them yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like like it's i mean I, doom is where everything started doom and quake is where everything started so you did like, a duke nukem yeah. too didn't you no 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 uh, that Why ended, not? that ended in a lawsuit <laughs> duke nukem did yeah that one did Wow. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that's a that's a, another podcast for another day. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but we can we can go through it. I don't mind. We can, uh, cross all the T's and dot all the lowercase J's. Yeah, I'll just need to get my attorney here. <laughs> Andrew Why? doesn't want to ask that question. Is there something wrong with that weird eye? <laughs> Brought it all back to Wayne's World too. See it's what I very did? good, very good. At the very beginning, that's where it was, and now it's here again. You bring it back with the money. <laughs> Man, sometimes I still wish that we were just playing on a stage in uh, California. I miss that. That was fun. I liked I'll, playing with you. That was fun. Mm. I uh, I miss going to California. I haven't been to California since February of 2020. And I, I really like going to San Diego and playing did you, like for, did you go there for did you go there for for nam i've only been the those two times to 
Summer Nam. Okay. Or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To Winter Nam. Winter Nam. Uh, yeah. One with you, and then one the year before. That was when you uh, had the Dean endorsement, right? Yes, it was. Yep. And I'm apparently still on the. You website. are. <laughs> That's awesome. You. I mean. Uh, last time we talked about it was like two years ago and you found the link and oh yeah that's right i did i was like hey you're still there i'm sure that's just uh you know in an indict on their it person (laughs) (laughs) whoever's supposedly maintaining that Yeah, yeah website still looks good i'll collect that check now yeah looks looks good everything's working great just great never mind never mind who's that no don't worry about it there's some guy in an overall doing a jump kick <laughs> i forgot it's that photo man uh so the the dean thing was connected slightly to the Vinny and dime thing for me and it yeah. always brings me back to the one time that me and boss uh and this I, i'm about to regurgitate name drop for about 20 seconds boss was the bass player for a band called hillbilly orchestra that robert was in for anybody that for listeners this is the bass player and like a lifelong friend of mine and like the way we met me and robert was we robert and boss and a singer called mongo and a drummer called scott all asked us to uh open up for him i think one night i think is what it was well, I, I met you with Bob in the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I forget what I was about to say, let me dump this whiskey in here to help forget. Um, <laughs> I So, through, you know, I, Dean gave me, they gave us uh, five, U, like, custom shop, USA custom yeah, shop yeah. guitars. I... Uh, horrid. Uh, razor, Razorback. Y- yeah, with uh, stars and bars, which I stand firmly against that. <laughs> it, I didn't. I didn't. I, I never played that guitar. I, I remember you being like, oh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I didn't, and I yeah. never played it. The other, the other guy played it, but I yeah. had, I had, and identical custom shop ml with the tape on the pickups just like dimes dime slime that one was cool it was cool and it sounded amazing and it played amazing and then i had that cadillac which is like a les paul with the one like uh flying v or the one explorer horn yeah 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 that's the 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 lower horn is like a point um but it was basically like kind of like a you know all their guitars were geared towards higher gain stuff, so it was like a higher gain geared Les Paul. The Cadillac was awesome. It was pretty awesome, and that's the picture. Uh, picture on the website is me holding that guitar and yeah. a jump kick. But uh, Diamond Vinny helped hook hook all that connection up. Uh, and anyway, so long story short, I am at Dimebag's funeral of all things, and. Boss and I are standing outside of the funeral home after going down and viewing the casket, which was full of bottles of Crown, Crown Royal, his 
signature pedals and and stuff uh, his cowboys from hell wah and a whammy pedal and the coolest thing was eddie's yellow and black yeah you got to see that guitar was he put that in there yeah and then so after that after the service we're standing outside and uh a few minutes after rob zombie and his wife sherry zombie (laughs) walked by um eddie van halen busted out these two doors like a cartoon character in a movie (laughs) and he's wearing a jumpsuit i'm sorry not a jumpsuit like coveralls like mechanic coveralls and he's clean shaven with long stringy gray hair and he busts out the door and me and boss are literally standing there still not saying anything to each other just standing there and he busts out the door and he's like oh hey what's up dude and they just kept on walking we startled him by being still outside and then he told us oh hey what's up dude and then he left (laughs) eddie van halen said hey what's up dude to you that is the entire point of my story it's one time eddie van (laughs) halen said said, hey what's up dude how many people you know that Eddie Van Halen this said? This whole hey. story where it's just like, yeah, I'm at Dimebag's funeral. Yeah, I, all I these told things. you it was about it was about to be name drop regurgitation douchery, but it's I, I I remember it more vividly than I remember a lot of things in my entire life. <laughs> That's super cool though. You don't. And nobody else gets to say that that you know. I met Wayne Static that day. You met Wayne Static. No. Yeah. Did he, he have the he, hair done? Oh, dude, they looked like they were, just came off stage. Yeah, he always all did. Of the, all of Static X was there. Who's a, a bass player? Uh, I, didn't, I only knew Wayne. I didn't meet any of those guys. I just saw them. And I didn't meet Rob Zombie or Sherry. I just saw them. They're tiny, by the way. His ba- Yeah, um, I know. Uh, his, his bass player is like a big session guy. Like whenever Trujillo went to Metallica, his bass player started filling a lot of those spots. In like the oh. rock and metal community, right? Yeah, I don't know. He, no, he did. Like he's 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 been in a well, you ton said right. of bands. <laughs> I, right? Yeah, really. Uh, he actually he um he worked on uh some music for Doom Eternal. It, what he was is he was he was part of this huge choir of people that were just like was that the one that you screaming? did. In like certain consonants, and they were saying things like in like the Doom universe, and I got to work with his voiceovers for part of the uh, part of the soundtrack. That was fucking cool. That is cool. Is Doom Eternal the one? So that that's the one that you did. Well, Doom Eternal is the one that uh, the composer before me did. His name's Mick Gordon. He's incredibly oh, okay. talented. He's amazing. Um, the DLC stuff for that game is the stuff that I worked on. So like the, like means. it's after content basically expansions and everything. It's like they're both oh, okay. three levels each, and like they're about oh six to eight hours a piece. Oh wow, that's, yeah, that's pretty badass, man. It's a good amount of content, that's for sure. That's a again, that's just such a a cool like uh, the the word niche sounds like uh diminishing and i don't mean it but it's no like, it is it is niche like like it's a tight-knit industry you're not it's wrong cool. in saying that that's it's cool you know yeah uh, it, it's a you know it's a it's a thing that you don't just presumably stumble your way into if you're like i want to do this how do i go about doing this and then you do it 
it's kind of right. how it went. Like, I mean, like it was like I started working with a mod team on a certain game and then we got picked up to work on a full on title. It was like, do you guys think you can do this? And the publisher in the studio were like, yeah. And then they said, can you Andrew do a demo for us so that we can hear if he's, if he works. And I did, and I worked my ass off on it. And the first demo that I sent in, you want to know what they said, what the what? crits were? Swear to God. Uh, the crits were sounds like, uh, it sounds like audio diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> so I tweaked it a bit and I sent it back and they were like, that's Band much name called it. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, that's, that's much better. Thank you. <laughs> sounds like audio diarrhea. Honestly, this sounds like audio diarrhea. Can you wipe and try again? Uh, dude, I have that has stuck with me forever since. And the guy who actually who quoted that is like the owner of Apogee, and we we hang out like like we hang out quite a few times a year. And like anytime I see him, I'm just like, hey, how do those mixes sound now? They still sound like audio diarrhea. <laughs> you fucker! That's funny, yeah, man. yeah. Well, dude, I think it's that time, man. This has been quite enjoyable. I hope that all of the editing process ends up working out for <laughs> me to release this. Oh, yeah. This is definitely the first time we've tried this, or we did no dry run or test run. We just rolled the dice, and uh, my guest has been the pride of Rowlett, Texas, <laughs> Mr. Andrew Holschult of Barry. Barry of Barry and the Friends. Barry and the Friends. It's all right. Uh, cheers to you, man. I cheers appreciate to you. it. I, uh, I'll be in town this weekend. Uh, if I got a spare second, I'll shoot you a text. Maybe we can grab a, a hot dog. Uh, hot dog. That's very specific. Quick, we, we can grab a hot dog at Quick Trip or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> you trashed yes. me. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Okay. You well, trash. thanks again, man. I, I love you, and uh, I'm proud of you, and keep being badass. Love you too, man. Absolutely, and like you Be- keep doing what you're doing, and it's it's awesome. I love I love the diversity. It's it's so cool to see you out doing that. I'm gonna drench you in my diversity. <laughs> okay, buddy. Be well. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Make sure and subscribe and turn on notifications for our channels. And if you haven't already, follow our Instagram and YouTube channels. We truly appreciate your support and ask that you please tell anyone you know whom you think might be interested in our podcast about gear and beer to help us grow and continue bringing in great guests from around the industry and beyond. Thanks again. And until the next episode...